What is up, my loves? It is me, Mahogany. Welcome back to another episode of Intentionally Sane. I'm actually really excited about this episode because this is one that, of course, like every other topic, is very, very close to my heart, but it's one that I'm very passionate about. Um, I think love is such a beautiful thing, and I think when done right, it's such a nurturing thing, healing um, motivating. It's so many things, but I think that in order to be properly loved and in order to love properly, it does take a lot of inner working. It takes a lot of sacrifice. It takes a lot of transparency, vulnerability. You know, it takes so many things. And so I really want to do a few things today. Um, first off, I want to share my personal views on marriage kind of from the beginning, as well as currently where I'm at with it. Um, kind of some things that have happened in my marriage that I think are a huge stake in who I am as a person and kind of just the type of relationship that I have um, or that we have, I should say. Um, And then I want to give a few few best practices for the married couples out there. Um, I would say specifically that millennial age group and millennial truthfully to me is like 40 and below. Um, I think, you know, I'm not going to get into what I think a senior is because, you know, I don't want to offend any listeners. We really don't need to get into it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I want to share some personal experiences, share some best practices, and then I want to close out with some tips for singles and or some things that I would tell myself back in the day if I was single. Um, just that I've learned in the course of being married and also, you know, out some things that I've thought about as I thought about when I was dating. Um, so let's get into it. Um, for those of you that don't know, I'm going to quickly give an intro. Um, if this is your first time listening, I have a very depth intro to who I am as a person and what to expect on this channel or this podcast, I should say, um, very first episode, but to quickly, um, recap just kind of who I am and what my spill is. Um, my name online is Mahogany. I am a 20 something, which 29 really, cause I'm very excited about being 30 and we'll get into that on another episode. Um, but a 29 year old Gemini residing in the West coast soon come, we are relocating to the South and I cannot wait. Um, and yeah, I am a digital content creator, Um, I have a podcast, I have a YouTube channel, which shameless plug, um, I will be starting a visual diary on YouTube. I am currently, you know, getting my content up and together. So I will be posting on there. Um, I have a huge life event that I am absolutely excited to share. Um, I have some inner workings going on in the background, so not quite ready to share it yet, but it will definitely be an announcement next week. And I am so excited about this new chapter in my life and just, you know, some new things that I'm working on. So tune back next week to figure out, or I guess to, um, you know, to chime in and see what's new and what's going on. Now, um, to quickly start off, I want to talk about what I thought marriage was when I was younger. Um, for those of you who don't know, I was raised, um, by a single mom. I, I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, but if you're not aware, I was raised by a single mom. Great experience, honestly. Like I wasn't really lacking for anything, um, just due to my family. I was raised basically by my mom, my grandma, 
and technically he would be my great uncle. Um, and he was a really strong, strong father figure for me. And so I come from a very religious background and I briefly covered this on my blog last week. Um, but I come from a very religious background. Um, I was raised in the church of God of Christ, church of God in Christ church or denomination, I should say. Um, which, you know, a lot of people will say like, oh, it's very similar to Baptist. Agree and disagree. I think, I think Kojic is very, it's like the, almost the very extreme of everything in my opinion. Um, and so, you know, in the Kojic Baptist Pentecostal church, we often hear about the virtuous woman. Um, and you know, it's this woman who doesn't complain and she carries the load of the family and she's, you know, her husband's best friend and she does everything for him and for the children and, you know, doesn't, doesn't complain, doesn't make a peep, doesn't expect anything in return. Right. And so that's kind of the e image and the idea that I had, um, in my head. And, you know, often when I would go to church and things like that, it was one of those instances where like, women all serve their husbands first. And it wasn't always this way, but typically, you know, this is how it is. Very, very old school, very traditional in every, you know, sense of the word. Um, And so I think for me, especially in the initial stages, just kind of before I had really grasped a, a strong concept of who I am as a person and, you know, what I have to bring to the table, um, I think that I was that girl who would go all out for my man. Now, I wasn't necessarily the girl who would go all out for like this guy that I was dating, right? Like it I'm going all out for my man that I love, that like I know I'm down for kind of thing. And so I've always been that way. I'm I'm definitely still that way. I think it just looks a little bit different now because I have a way better boundaries in life right now. Um, but I think for me, um, when my husband and I first moved in together, we, we had been together for a long time. So I would say we were very comfortable with each other, but again, because I had the bandwidth and it's what I thought I should be doing. I think that I carried a lot of like that day to day kind of like need to happen things. Um, like, you know, cooking, cleaning, bills, like all of that stuff. Um, now don't get me wrong. He definitely, you know, did things here and there and, you know, he did pay bills and stuff like that as well. But I just think that I naturally set this standard that like, this is my, this is my role, right? I was like playing into this. And, um, my mom is very much like that. Like my mom will clean her whole house, like go grocery shopping, cook all the meals. And, it's, it works for them. Um, and I definitely thought like, okay, this is what, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, this is my role. I signed up for this, like, let's do this, you know? And so I think in doing that, one of the hardest realities for me is the concept that like any type of misalignment that I now feel in my life, because my boundaries are different, I wouldn't necessarily say like, oh, this is my fault. But I would say if I could go back and do one thing from the very beginning, I would have set the standard that like we are equal, you know, in this household. And it's important to me that we see it this way because, you know, I don't want to get burnt out and I don't want to feel like I'm, you know, 
the maid essentially because I know that there's some people who have expressed that they felt like that before um and it was kind of too late I would say when I chose to start talking about it or chose to start you know telling him how it feels when he naturally assumes that I'm going to do certain things but I am grateful that we had the conversation and the actions are in play to get better leverage in the household um, because one of the things that I've realized just kind of go- going through therapy, um, and really having a safe space to really work through my emotions is I was feeling a lot of resentment and resentment looks different for everybody. Um, but for me, it looked like, you know, being a little less affectionate and maybe being a little cold just due to the fact that I'm either super tired because I feel like I shouldn't be doing this or, you know, whatever the case was, I feel like resentment was a hard one for me to recognize that like I was carrying. Um, And I think the second hardest thing for me to kind of really stomach is you cannot dictate people's reactions to your expectations or even the time in which they choose to acknowledge um, maybe a conversation or, you know, something like that. Um, And I think that's the hardest part is people change, literally people change when they want to. Um, And so all we can really do is, I think, be very vocal about what it is that you need or that you're feeling or, you know, if something's working out great, be very vocal about that Um, because that is the type of stimulus that I think anybody needs, not just men, not just women, anybody needs um, in order to, you know, either correct things or be more helpful or be more whatever it is that you're needing. That's the only way um, that that's going to happen. So. Those are the two, I think, top hardest realities that I've had in marriage thus far. Um, and the the hardest, I think, is emotions, right? Like, I wouldn't necessarily genera- generalize this as a Black boy thing or a Black man thing because I don't know, okay? I don't, I haven't met enough Black people or Black men specifically um, and, you know, talked to each of them to see, like, is this true or not? But one thing that I will say about the few that I have interacted, and this is not just like in an intimate sense, this is like family, friends, a lot of black, I would say men, I can't speak for brown, um, but black or brown men probably too, honestly, um, can struggle with expressing emotion. Now, when I say express, I physically mean express like crying, even like anger, um, it can sometimes be very hard to express. There are some people that are numb, don't know how. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why people just don't feel comfortable with it. And so we had gone through a few things last year and the year before last. Um, And, you know, with the type of things that these were, I think that initially I was kind of hoping to um, get a little bit more of an emotion initially. Like I felt like if I was crying... I want you to cry with me, you know? And I know that that sounds very trivial, but that's just kind of, for me in my, I guess, um, emotionally driven, you know, high driven at that. I I think at that time I was just like, how is he not crying? Or like, how is he not sad? I don't, I don't understand. I don't feel like we're having the same experience. Um, And then I think it just became a little bit of a vile space because I was legitimately upset at the fact that like he didn't have to go through the same experience that I went through. Um, and it wasn't until we went to therapy together that he was telling me, you know, that was my attempt to be strong for us because I know that you, you couldn't, and I know that you didn't have it in you. And 
rightfully so. That's absolutely correct. I was broken to my core um, because, you know, with the type of, with these types of incidences, you never think like this is going to be you, right? And when it's like the most unreal moment, I think it's very easy to almost forget forget really even that you're existing for a few seconds. It's like, oh my God, (laughs) this is crazy. Um, And so he immediately kicked into high gear and um, he was the support system for me during that time. He was, he was everything. Um, And so, you know, for me, absolutely did not think about that. Like I didn't think about maybe what that took for him um, to be there for me in that moment or in those moments. And so really learning how to accept, I think, what you're given um, and really kind of, and when I say accept, understand, you know, all of those things, but that's been a big thing for me um, because I think when you really tap in and really understand people's motives and, okay, so what does this mean? And can you explain this to me? And really using that type of verbiage, makes sh- it, it makes it very clear that you're on the same page. Um, so that would be a um, really good overview of kind of what I thought marriage was, what the hardest part of marriage has been thus far. Um, And then I would say this brought us to a moment two years ago. I I think just kind of coming into the new year, I had had hit a breaking point. Um, And I just had a lot of loss that year. And so again, because we hadn't, this was pre, uh, pre-therapy. So because I just kind of didn't feel like we were on the same page with the emotions and what we were feeling and how we were feeling it, um, we had to have a very honest conversation. And I kind of just let him know like what I was feeling. And I think it's the first time that I've used very descriptive language. And I really had to think about it and, you know, really be able to explain like what I was feeling. Can you help me understand this? Can you work me through this just to see, you know, if we're on the same page? And so that's when we ultimately decided that we needed a manual reset, you know, in the home, kind of this reshift of power, making sure we both have equity, making sure we both have stake and value and, you know, relearn what, you know, each other needs to feel loved and loved. Um, and so that's when we, we got into therapy and it's been the most beautiful experience of my life. Um, because, you know, essentially we were at rock bottom I think just with the things that we had gone through. And when I say the things that we had gone through, I don't want you guys to think that this is like some type of like, um, you know, it's nothing negative really out of, it was out of our control. Lots of grief. I'll say that. Um, and, I don't really want to get into the details just because I don't really think it's necessary again. Um, sometimes I think that like, you don't really have to put all your business out there to get the point across. And so with the intimate details, you know, if my husband would like to share that, that's absolutely something that I would talk about, but some of the things just don't need details. So it's vague, but it's not vague if you get what I'm saying. So, um, anyway, so this, this manual reset, reshift of power, you know, equity in home. I think this was pretty important for us before we continue to have, like try to have kids. And for me, um, that genuinely looked like, you know, let's sit down and first off, let me let you understand kind of like what 
is required and necessary for me in order to feel like we have a flowing household and it's comfortable for me. And, you know, same for you. Tell me what you need to feel comfortable in the home and stuff like that. Because one of the things that I realized about my husband, he's a very simple guy, very simple guy. And I'm not that at all. Um, My mom, I think used, she uses, I think she uses cleanliness as as a really good distraction for maybe things that she goes through or things that are going on. Um, and so pristine condition, I mean, her house always looks like a model home. It's beautiful, clean, perfect. It literally smells like Mr. Clean as soon as you walk. It's perfect. Um, and so that's kind of how I am too. And I've had to release some of that control that I think that cleanliness and that perfection had over me. Um, because ultimately, nine, I would say 90% of the time when I feel like I need to do something, it's really not necessary. It's just like a perfection thing. Right. And so I am learning to let go of that because it's not realistic. Um, and I would say overall, we have such a good balance of communication and respect and intimacy and love and also joy and happiness and I really feel affirmed and confident in our marriage. Um, This is my best friend. This is my life partner. Like we have funny ass inside jokes and we finish each other's sentences and we motivate each other to reach that new level. And, you know, sometimes when he's down or I'm down, we're really able to pick each other up and be each other's rock. And that's all I've ever wanted. And that's why I said earlier, like, I really wish we would have had these conversations earlier and wouldn't have had to go through so much hardship um, and just like friction, you know, in order to get this type of clarity. But I'm so happy that we got it. Like this year marks four years of marriage. um, And I really feel like we're in this new season of light and love and abundance and joy and just so much fun. Um, So... That is kind of where we're at now. Um, And if the tips that I'm going to talk about now are just additional little important pieces that I think we need to talk about in detail. And then I'm going to close out with the tips for singles. So the first one I have is communication. Um, I think for me, communication for me when I was growing up, it was kind of just like right or wrong. And so I was always on defense mode because, um, you know, I I either feel like I always wanted to be right. Or if I was going to be wrong, I wanted you to understand like, this is where I'm coming from, you know? And so, um, I learned, I'm learning rather that communication has to be out of love and it has to be for that person to be heard. It's not necessarily for you to prove that you're right or wrong. And, um, there is this book that I, I recommend this book to everybody. It's called for women only and for men only it's two books. Um, and there's this chapter in there that talks about communication, um, and communicating out of love and being very, very soft with the message, but still making sure that it comes across. And the one pair or really not even paragraph sentence that will always stick out to me is a man would rather be respected than loved. And so I always really consider that now when I talk to my husband, because I want to make sure that, you know, you can be gentle and firm at the same time. 
Um, I don't think it always requires a, a raising of the voice and a, and a cuss word. And sometimes it's okay to just sit down and have a very honest conversation. And I'll give you a really good example of that at the very end of this little topic. Um, communication is not optional, um, especially in marriage or long-term relationships. There is no, you know, I'm going to do the silent treatment until he or she talks to me. Absolutely not. Um, communication is not optional. And the longer that you wait to talk about an issue or, you know, talk about things that are going good, even, um, the longer that you take to do that, I think the longer it leaves room for something quote bad to happen. Um, and this isn't like a, a, like extreme situation. I'm just talking about a miscommunication, you know, small little things that easily happen that could easily be avoided if we just communicate. Um, communication again is meant to be open and stem from a place of openness and understanding. So know that, you know, it's not always about being right or wrong. It's not always about being on the defense or, you know, being the verdict or being your own lawyer and doing all of that. Like sometimes it's okay to just listen and say, I understand where you're coming from and move on, you know? Um, and I think it has to be very, intentional in order to be result yielding. If you know that you don't feel like talking to somebody, don't waste your time and talk to them because it's not going to be effective. And that's time that you can't get back. Um, and communication is sexy, you know, like it's really attractive to know that like we're on the same page. It's, it's you and me, you know, there's nothing more attractive than that. And, um, in terms of like just transparent communication, I know recently we had a small instant. Um, I had this camera that I liked and um, I was kind of venting to my husband about it. And it was very much a first world problem thing. And he definitely took the dad route of like, you just need to be um, calm or grateful or whatever he said. And I was trying to use this camera to take a picture of the lake. I We we had went out to the lake and we did this like meditation um, and it was the day that my grandma passed and there was like this rainbow when I got done medica- meditating. It was the most beautiful experience. Um, and the, one of the most spiritual experiences I think I've ever had in my life. Like I got the chills and it just, oh, I kind of get chills thinking about it. Um, and so I just, I don't know. I was very excited to get a picture of it. And when my camera didn't work, it just, it broke my heart because I wanted this picture for my journal on this day. Like I just really wanted it, you know? And so I told him like, listen, I don't want you to be my dad in this moment. Like I, I calmed down in that moment and we didn't talk on the way to Chili's. We went to Chili's after we got done meditating or maybe we went to IHOP. It was one of the two. Um, and when we sat down, we got dinner, we got an appetizer and I was very calm. And I was just simply like, listen, I appreciate you going out to the lake with me, but like, I didn't want my dad, I didn't want like a dad figure or some firm ass answer when I'm telling you that I'm upset about a super awesome moment that I didn't get to record like I wanted to. Like, that's not what I wanted. And I told him like, you know, if you didn't know what to say, don't say anything at all. That's okay too, you know? But um, I just wanted my husband. Like, I just wanted to be heard. And he definitely understood where I was coming from. And, you know, he didn't apologize. That's not necessarily why I told him, but I just wanted him to know because, 
you know, I get it. Like, I'm the tough girl. I have, like, this super strong exterior. And we're very firm with each other. Um, I Like, if I have a problem or I need him to do something or something like that, I'm very straightforward with him. Like, there's no need to sugarcoat it. We're too damn grown, you know? Um, so that's just an example of sometimes how direct communication needs to be. Um, and then in return, he's told me like, Hey, sometimes when I'm not feeling too good, or, you know, I want to do something, but I don't have the mental capacity to plan things when you plan them for me, or you take full control and you drive and stuff, it makes me still have a good time, but I get to rest. And I like that. It makes me feel good. Great. So now once a week, I try to find an activity for us to do. Um, and I now know that like, okay, that helps him, you know, that makes him feel good. And those are two ways that I think communication again is sexy because it strengthens our communication. Um, and it makes us feel like we're on the same team. You know, the worst thing to do is be in a marriage and almost feel like you guys are on opposite teams. So communication is everything. Um, uniqueness is another one that I think we, often, especially as women, sometimes change um, to either be be the person we think our husband wants or needs or try to be this person that we think he wants or deserves. Like there's a lot of different motivations for people. Um, but I think those unique variables that magnetize y'all should be elevated and strengthened. So if he thought that like your outfits were super cool, keep that sense of fashion going. Like it's okay to evolve and have different senses of style, but you know, Make sure I would say like what like for me, whenever we go out for date night or something like that, I'll wear a fly ass outfit because that's that's what I did before we met. Like, yeah, they probably weren't the same quality that I have now because I have way more money now. But I feel like that's genuinely, you know, every time I saw them, like it was always fitted. And even now, like that'll be sometimes when we'll go out like on a day date or we go out at night, he'll be like, damn, that's a nice fit the energy will remain the same. You know, it's not going to change. And that's just like for him, like he gets a fresh cut every Saturday. And, um, I feel like I really like the way he is. I've always loved the way how he like doesn't try, but he tries like he's a quote sneakerhead in quote. (laughs) So I feel like I've always loved that. Like he'll have like a fresh ass hairline, maybe a chain, maybe not like, some nice ass shoes and sweats and barely look like he tried, but he tried some hoops. Like it gives me like, it's always giving me like nineties vibes. And I've always loved that. Um, so those little unique variables, like that's, I think what had attracted us to each other physically. And like the conversations, like we always used to have super long combos when I would go up and see him in San Marcos and it would just be us talking for like hours. And so we'll like watch, you know, Netflix shows or YouTube videos that are super random or we'll like watch videos of houses and we'll like talk about it and talk about what we would change and we've always been like that and so that's something that we try to keep and you know you should be very comfortable with every existence of your being like you should be able to be vulnerable and try new things and you know talk about weird shit that um you know nobody else wants to hear about probably like I watch Dr. Pimple Popper videos with him. Nobody else wants to watch that shit. They probably think it's weird. And it is weird. But we like it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, we're still going to watch it because we know that those are the little quirky things that we love to do then, which we still love to do. Um, and that kind of brings me to my next topic. Let me get a drink. This is just water this week because, well, lifted, you know, if you know what I mean. 
hashtag lifted. <laughs> okay, so the next point I want to make is have fun. You should never stop dating your spouse. Um, and, you know, you should never stop keeping the dialogue of possibilities open. And what I mean by that is like, they may change, you know, like they may like something new, something different. And I think as long as it's not hurting anybody or extremely expensive, support that. Because I think the intention is to make sure our partner is enjoying themselves um, and, and vice versa. But if the intention is to affirm them in love and, you know, do something that they enjoy, if it's something opposite of what you would normally do, it's not about you. Um, it's about dating them and courting them and making sure they're having fun. So continue to date, but date with intention for sure. Um, and I also think that dating creates a certain level of intimacy that just allows you to do things that you wouldn't normally be able to do in a regular environment. Like we typically do check-ins when we go to like super sexy date nights, like we'll ask each other, how are you doing? You know, how is this working? How's that working? Um, have a few drinks, like go home and tear it up, period. You know what I'm saying? Like tear it up. Got to. <laughs> Got to. When the brain is relaxed, especially like we're definitely a fan of, um, I think we're over like the several dinner dates. Like, you know how you go to a steakhouse and it's like a hundred, you know, 150 bucks. So if you get like two drinks each a steak, like it adds up pretty quickly. And so for us, we've started doing like long weekend getaways. Last month we pretty much did, I would say we did about six weekend getaways to Cali or to Texas or something like that. Um, flights are super cheap. Use your points. You know, you can really finesse some good trips for $200, $300. So it's like an extra $100. We would have spent that at dinner anyway. No big deal. And we just do less of them. So I think vacation, you know, hotel sex is awesome, um, which is why I love the quick getaways. So intimacy is definitely created with dates, but I think when you date with intention, and I mean that by like definitely having things planned out, don't just do the bare minimum and hit them with like the where do you want to go? Like, no. And that's for men or women. Like, go the extra mile. And that's from somebody again who earlier, like my husband told me, he appreciates that and he likes when I do that because I'm very much a sit back and chill when I'm not at work because that's what I do for a living is literally plan people's lives out. Um, so you know, I like to do a little sun sun. So like next week, um, he got me tickets to Disneyland and SeaWorld. Um, so I asked him, you know, what day are we free next week? And so I'm going to take us to a cute little rooftop spot, um, in Venice beach and also to the pier and to the beach as well. Um, so I'm very excited about that, but, um, yeah, definitely date with intention and create community. If you're married and all your friends are single, they're going to have single energy. And that single energy, you know, there's nothing wrong with single people. I have single friends and I love them to death. And I would never sit here and bash single people because I've I've been single before. Um, but I just think that you really need to have good people in your corner. Like we have friends who call us all the time and we'll talk them down and be like, okay, so definitely get it off your chest because I want you to have somewhere safe to talk about this because I don't want you to like explode on your partner. Cause one thing about my girls, I love my babies. I love all my babies. 
with the exception of with the exception of one, all my babies go from zero to one hundred in two seconds, literally just two seconds. And I'm sure they would say the same about me. But um, you know, it's good to have someone that'll be real with you too. Like, okay, you're tripping, babe. Like, it's not that serious. Or yeah, you know, you're valid in that. Um, and I see you, and I hear where you're coming from. So definitely have a good community. And, um, you know, make sure you're giving your all in your marriage. Sometimes change will have to start with you and hopefully, you know, it'll be almost like the, uh, the domino effect. Like I know for me, I started going to therapy by myself and I think my husband saw some good changes and he was like, well, damn, if this type of stuff is happening, like I want to try it out and see what happens, you know, and now we're going together and separately, which I love. So sometimes you have to start the ball. Um, and I think another reason for that is because the person may not always see it as like a good or bad thing or a right or wrong thing, but sometimes it's just a matter of like, we're good, babe, but I want us to do better. You know, like I want us to be better and have better and want more and, and, you know, do more for ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm always trying to raise the bar constantly, whether that's with our health goals, financial goals, like travel goals. I'm literally always like, trying to one up us because I don't want us to stay stagnant as a couple individually or, you know, to get period. Like I don't want us to stay stagnant. So, um, I think there are some things where it's like, Hey, we're great, but we could be better. Um, and I think that's why you kind of have to start rolling the ball for them. And one of the things that my therapist really taught me when we were first starting out is what like pre-screen content and then watch it with him and talk about it. Um, so we, ta- we watched uh, Black Love and there were some men on there talking about their experience with being a father and the transition and just a husband and stuff like that. And we used to watch it and we would talk about it. Um, and I think that if therapy is not a good resource for you right now, be it financial or, you know, you just can't get on the same page to go, which is totally valid. Um, I would watch content like that. And, you know, you watch it first without your spouse just to see like what some points are for you. Um, and have an open dialogue about it, but also be ready for the real. That's one thing that I will say. So like black love is a good one. Um, I am Deval on Instagram, which I'm pretty sure all of y'all know him and his wife, Kadeen, um, belief in fatherhood is on YouTube and Instagram. They have, I think they have five kids, five kids and a dog. Um, so I, I just love the dynamic in their home. Um, it's Judy's life is I think they're a um, Filipino couple or they're Filipino and Japanese. I'm not sure, but I just love a lot of the values that they have in their home. Um, They have five kids and they live in Seattle or they live in Washington somewhere. Um, And then I think Denzel Washington and his wife, I really love the type of unity they seem to have. You know, everything's an illusion because you don't know these people, but I really do like a lot of the things that he says and does about her. Um. And I would say stop looking, you have to be careful where you get your narratives. Like I'm not really a fan of Pastor Todd and I'm not going to get into it on this episode because I really could do a whole episode on religion and relationships. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Actually, I'm actually going to write that down because religion and relationships is, I'm trying to tell y'all the Kojic church, child child. (laughs) But um, I think you have to be careful where you pick up a lot of these narratives because especially with religion, they really sit in 
the favor of men just not doing much. And I don't like that. Like, I don't think that we should still be living by the Old Testament. Um, But that's just me. That's just me. And I'm just going to leave that one there. And the last one I will say for the long-term and or married couples is never stop checking in with your partner. Um, And I briefly talked about it with like positive reinforcement, but sex, you know, money, like just life in general, I would, I would definitely always check in with your spouse, just, you know, how you feeling mentally, how you doing, like whatever it is that you need to check on. I think you should always check in with them. Um, because number one, it's literally all good until it's not like, especially for people who are really good at hiding things, it's all good till it's not. And number two, people may not know how to just openly come out and express things. Um, like I'm one of those people where if, if it's not really bad for a long time, I didn't really bring things up, but you have to, um, I think the only way to get better or to do better is to talk about it, you know? So, um, those are some of the tips for my married folk or long-term folk. Um, so now I want to kind of transition into some quick tips for singles. Um, and the first one I would say is when you're dating, I would learn first the motivation and intention of your whole purpose of dating, especially actively dating. Um, but also your actions, because one thing I don't think people realize at this humble age is like everyone wants stake in the game, stake in the game. And so I don't know if y'all saw the girl on Twitter or was it Twitter or was it Instagram? She had mentioned, or it might've been TikTok. She had mentioned that she basically takes like guy cigar, this guy cigar when they go on a date, when they went on a date and there were so many women in those comments, like, I would never do that, and da 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 And it's like, babe, if you expect this man to meet up with you and, you know, be honest with you and vulnerable with you and do all of these things to figure out, like, if you want to be with them, but you're going to trip over a cigar and he's going to pay for dinner and all that other stuff, like, I just don't understand how people expect to get someone all in doing stuff like that. And that's not to bash anybody that does that. And it's it's not to be negative or anything. But I think it's just like a it's a hard reality. Like we all want stake in the game, period. Everybody does. Even with like work transactions, we all want stake in the game. So that's another one. And then the second one I would say just to piggyback off of that is stay in your lane for one. Um, and what I mean by that is like, you know how um, there's those you hear about people that are like, if my, um, if my man can't buy me Louis Vuitton, I don't want to be with him. Or like, if we can't eat our roof craze all the time, I don't want to be with him. And then sometimes it's like, well, can you do that for yourself? And they're like, no, there's nothing wrong with wanting more than what you have. But I just kind of feel like, again, at this humble age, if you can't provide it for yourself, you can't expect it from someone else. You really can't. Now, it's okay for them to gift it to you and do all that, but to literally go up to someone and be like, I'm not going to mess with you anymore because you didn't buy me a Louis Vuitton bag for Valentine's Day, for example. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, and I would also say, like, just to piggyback off of that, to stay off of social media when you're trying to build your baseline for dating. So, again, we're not going to look at, like, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with the Ari and the Jadas and, you know, the Laura, Laura Mercers and all those girls. They're very beautiful. The Lori They're beautiful girls. But I just don't think that glorifying their life is realistic for most women. Um, it just, it's not. Because, I mean, I don't even know how to elaborate on that right now, honestly, other than it's just not realistic. And I think that's why, again, you have to figure out like what your motivation and intention is, because there are some women who will literally date their way to that level. And I get that. I respect that, honestly. And there's some women who are like, I want to get married. There's some women who literally just want to casually date. You got to learn your motivation. Um, because I think if for, for the women who do want to truly get married or have like a serious partner, Social media is not where you want to build that that up at or even imitate. But if it's the opposite, by all means, by all means. Another one is ask the important questions. A lot of a lot of people will start with like the what's your sign and then, you know, ask a lot of different questions. But definitely like what is your love language? What is your attachment style? Your relationship with your mother, your father, your child's mother, the relationship with the child's mother, like I think there's a lot of questions to ask, not necessarily on the first date, but when you vet those questions initially, I think it definitely helps with damage control or just kind of knowing what you're getting into to know how to help slash get help, get helped, get them help really. Um, learn how to effectively communicate. First of all, I know for me, I spent a lot of my and I kind of talked about this earlier, but spent a lot of my life in defense mode. Um, and I think doing that for a while, I didn't attract the right company because I think people can pick up on that energy. Um, so I would say definitely to learn how to effectively communicate, get out of defense mode first. Um, and then I would say learn how to communicate with an end goal in resolve. So, you know, Definitely, again, like earlier, communicate with intention, whatever that means to you initially. But I definitely think when you're giving people like the runaround or, you know, doing all these things with your communication, it's really no point to put in the grit on either end again. Um, So that's really why it's important to really think about, you know, the angles, because I totally get and respect the people who want to date just for the sake of dating, because I don't know if y'all saw like the... um, what is it? The Tinder movie? The, I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, she said she's gone on over like 2000 dates and I would say that's actively dating and I'm sure it's a lot of fun, but for the people who are like, like she had mentioned, she wants to find true love. I personally would not want to find true love on Tinder, but that's just me. Um, I'm sure people have done it and it's very reliable, but I absolutely think for me, like that's one of the things that I did think about if my end goal is marriage after a certain point, cause I definitely actively dated for almost a year. Um, and I would like go on Tinder whenever I want, like if I was bored after work, I would definitely just like book a date on there. Don't exchange numbers, you know, show up, see how it goes, that sort of thing. So I totally get that. Um, But then when you pivot and you want that serious relationship, I think there's definitely a different thought process and different motives behind that for sure. Um, But that is all for me really this week. 
Um, again, I will be doing the video diary vlog, if you will, um, on YouTube. I'm not really sure when the first video will go up, to be honest. This is not something that I want to do a lot of strategy with just yet because I want it to be a true diary. I don't want to really ever do a, like a posting schedule or something that strategic on my channels just because um, I'm sure you guys saw like last week or no, this week rather, I really didn't post videos that much um, or really post a lot of content online, but it's also because I've been really in the grind behind the scenes. But again, we've got a super exciting announcement next week. So um, that announcement will be on my website. Be sure to subscribe to my website. I'm just now, um, this will be the second week where we have the Sunday newsletter with Mahogany. So I'm very excited about that. Um, it's a super quick newsletter, to be honest. The one last week was a little bit longer because I was introducing the format and stuff, but it's a pretty quick read, probably like two minutes tops. Um, and it comes right to the email. So subscribe to the website, mahoganybreezy.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really love hearing the positive feedback and, um, just the views are going up on both my website and my podcast. So it makes me feel so excited about the end products, but thank you uh, so much for tuning in. I hope y'all enjoyed. Please let me know if you have any ideas for the next episode. I will drop the, um, the content ideas in the description. So you guys can check that out and I will talk to y'all in the next two weeks. Bye.